Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Holy peapod, it's another cold day out there, isn't it? Five minutes after five o'clock on a Friday morning. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you got a Valentine that you can snuggle up next to because it's another cold one all around the upper Midwest. The good news is just tie a knot and hang on because as of tomorrow, we start warming up. Today, it looks like sunshine's in our forecast, but it's uh, deceptive. We're only going to get about 16 degrees, but at least we're above zero. Our overnight lows, 10 above versus where we were last night. So I'm trying to paint a better picture for you today. Tomorrow, a few afternoon snow showers are possible. 36 are expected high. Sunday, we're supposed to go all the way up to 37 degrees, believe it or not. So probably going to create some more challenges for us. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, has weather details in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock, kind of a cool story of a northeast Iowa farmer that is a, a fantastic musical artist, a country music artist, and he gets a chance to tour with some pretty big-name acts. He also likes to share his background in agriculture with his audience. Caitlin Riley is going to bring us that story before 6. Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association invites you to join us for our annual conference held at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Held February 21st and 22nd, this is an opportunity for beef producers to network, learn how to improve management on their farm, and receive legislative updates. We are also excited to welcome the UW Extension Beef and Dairy Wellbeing Conference, also held on Friday, February 21st. Visit WisconsinCattlemen.com to become a member and register today. Happy Valentine's Day on this Friday, the 14th of February. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And uh, my Valentine that's been around me since back in the early 80s when she started out as a summer intern. Pam Yonke down at the southern end of the world's longest barn. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. Yes, and you too. And I, I tell you, <laughs> I think back to the days when Bob Bosold went to the office for the first time. What was that back in 1977? He Flintstoned it. It must have been uh, stone on those wheels when you tried to take off towards the studio, wasn't it? Oh, reel-to-reel machines. Oh. We had razor blades to edit tape. It was a long time ago. I was just thinking of uh, you know the helpers we have now, Reba and Josh and Caitlin. I don't think their ages add up to 43 yet. That's that's, that's how long I've been around. That's exactly what they're probably thinking this morning as well. How And I filled, I remember, I remember when I uh, first got my driver's license, I filled up with gas, nine cents a gallon. That was a long time before $2.50 gas or ethanol. Heavens to Betsy, and you pulled up right next to a horse. Good for you, Bosold, and congratulations. Happy anniversary. I'm glad that I've uh, been able to watch uh, the years click by, and I sure hope that everybody listening will take a minute and jump on Facebook or give them a call and wish uh, Bob a 
an anniversary, a happy anniversary, and a one that keeps on coming because there are not many people in the business that are uh, around as long as Bob in the same place with the same audience serving the same folks. So congratulations, a real feat. You made a good point though, Bob. Back in the day when you filled up for gas, uh, you were talking pennies on the dollar. Today things have changed, that's for sure. But uh, we're still finding ways to try to save at the pump. Some of that around Wisconsin's ethanol industry. But boy, I'll tell you what, uh, just like many of our agricultural commodities, ethanol has suffered. Reba McClone joins us this morning. She got a chance to get an update on Wisconsin's ethanol situation with some of our growers, our processors, and the president from one of our ethanol operators last week at the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. Reba? When it comes to ethanol, I think there's a lot of people who maybe have questions about what's going on in the ethanol industry and where is it headed. So I am talking with Cal Dalton, who is the president of UWGP, which is a ethanol production facilities. And he's kind of an expert on everything ethanol, it seems, from what I've understood. So Cal, can you start out by telling me how is the ethanol industry in the state right now? Well, Reba, the ethanol industry in Wisconsin, I think, is as strong as any of the ethanol industry around the nation. We've got, uh, in Wisconsin, we have nine ethanol plants, and they're all fully functioning, which is really good. Uh, Nationwide, we have 220 ethanol plants. There's about 15 or 20 of them that are still shut down because of low or zero margins or no margins, negative margins. (laughs) And so, you know, it's been a very tough industry. The uh, small uh, refiners exemptions that the EPA granted uh, for the last four years under both uh, the Obama administration and the Trump administration has hurt the industry. It's it's uh, deteriorated or, or uh, took away the markets um, and caused uh, oversupply a lot of times. But uh, we're starting to work ourselves out of that. Uh, the the RINs, which is the refiner index number, uh, that they can trade for credits, uh, that market dropped from $0.60 cents a RIN down to about $0.08 cents a RIN, and it's coming back. The RIN price right now today is almost as good as it was in 2016. So that's really come up in just the last month, and I think some of that is due to the court cases that we've uh, filed against EPA and gotten some of these refiner exemptions uh, taken away. So these refineries that have to blend ethanol are going to have to either buy ethanol or buy the RINs to to make up the difference. So it sounds like there's a lot of things that are impacting how the ethanol industry is doing. Is one of those things also consumer opinions? Yeah, uh, consumer opinion is changing a little bit. As you can see, we went to E15 year-round, which was a big win for the ethanol industry. Um, And so a lot of uh, companies now like your uh, Casey's Quick Trips uh, different companies uh, sheets out in the eastern coast are all putting E15 pumps in or you know so that mid-grade fuel now is actually five six cents cheaper and it's a win for the consumers because it helps their pocketbook out but it's also a win for the environment because we've got the low carbon ethanol fuel as an octane booster in that fuel that emits a lot less pollutants. So what does all this say for corn producers in regards to if they have contracts with ethanol companies for their product? Um, Well, basically, not only the ones that uh, have contracts, you know, they know that their contracts are going to be fulfilled and that that corn is going to be purchased with what they've got it contracted for, but it also, for the future, is going to give corn growers uh, a better market because 
you know, we've had a few plants here in the state that slowed down. They didn't shut down. Now they're back up to uh, almost full production. And that's going to increase the corn grind in the state. And we take those bushels away, even with the corn that we produce this year that's a little lighter test weight and stuff, we're, we're grinding more bushels, and that should help the corn market overall. What are we seeing as exciting opportunities in the ethanol industry right now? Well, the markets, uh, I think for the most part, um, most of the ethanol plants in the state of Wisconsin also produce corn oil. And uh, the corn oil market has, uh, after they pass the biodiesel uh, bill in Congress back in December, uh, we've noticed at our plant, and I'm sure others have too, that the price of corn oil has gone up. And that just adds to our bottom line. So if we're more profitable, we're going to be uh, buying corn from people and we're you know, make the corn farmers more profitable. And it's just a, a whole system that all works together. Is there anything going on in state right now that may be ap- impacting the ethanol industry differently right now, currently? Yeah, uh, just recently in state, we passed a, a law that it was a crazy law that Wisconsin could just use one uh, or had to have every hose for every multiple grade of gasoline. And the legislature said, no, that's crazy because there's less than a cup of fuel in that hose. So they passed a law that you can use that same hose for the, the different grades of fuel. And that allowed uh, uh, gasoline retailers to uh, sell more E85 and more uh, flex fuels and, and uh, E15 type fuels. And we've seen uh, some of our uh, markets, not locally here, but uh, outside the state, increase in value. California, uh, because of their low carbon fuel standard, uh, E85 ethanol is about a buck fifty cheaper than regular gas out there, and so we've got consumers because of price moving to E85, which has increased the demand for E85 vehicles and also has increased the demand for E85 fuel. And so, not our fuel from our plant, but other plants to the west are shipping E85 to the coast because California is a big user. Also, Mexico has got a mandate now for them to use, I believe it's 10% ethanol in their fuel in the country. And with USMCA being passed and the trade deficits going down, uh, that's going to give us a, a big market starting next year. And is any, I know you said it's not currently pulling from Wisconsin, but do we think all the implementations in California with E85 is going to start pulling ethanol from the state as well? Um It may or it may not. I mean, uh, we've got uh, a lot of in-state fuel companies that uh, buy our ethanol, and so that's where most of ours from our plant in Friesland goes. But I think that we'll see that price or the value of ethanol increase because of that uh, demand and stuff. And and we've got enough capacity in the industry. We're kind of like farmers, you know. If uh, we need more capacity, we can can produce it. And, you know, so I I look forward to to trying to ramp up some of the capacity here and develop more uh, low-carbon ethanol for the future. That's really exciting to hear about. And what about ethanol being used in different forms of fuel, not just in vehicles? I believe I've heard something out on the East Coast with home heating. Uh, that's actually was biodiesel, but uh, 
ethanol is used in a lot of industrial uses. And uh, if you go to the store and you look at some of your spray cans and stuff, a lot of them use ethanol as a, a, a mixture in there. So we've seen a, a pretty big increase in ethanol use in industrial uses just because of the cost of it. It's been cheap. And so, you know, that's kind of where our market has taken off a little bit too. But, you know, the majority of it still goes into to fuel, uh, the low-carbon fuel for the cars and the, as an oxygenate because it is a high-octane fuel, 113 octane for pure ethanol. Uh, so that's why the moonshine guys always ran it in NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> and NASCAR's still running it, too. You know, they're run, running E15 in their fuels, uh, the Indy Racing uh group is running 100% ethanol. They switched from methanol because it's a safer fuel. That's a really great point about how much opportunity there is for environmentalism regarding ethanol. Is there anything I'm missing regarding ethanol in the state of Wisconsin right now, Cal? You know, we just look forward to having these markets further develop. Uh, you know, the E15 market, uh, by having the ability now uh, to sell it year-round, is going to be a real benefit to us, especially coming into the summer driving season in 2020. So we're looking for a much better year. Uh, we, you know, still sell the the distiller's grain out of the plant and the the livestock dairy industry I know has been benefited from that high protein low cost feed from the ethanol plants too. Well thank you so much. This was Cal Dalton, president of UWGP Ethanol in Friesland, Wisconsin, sharing more information about how ethanol in the state is improving and looking forward to an exciting 2020. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Are you planning to raise soybeans but are concerned about yield-robbing diseases such as white mold and sudden death syndrome? A complete management plan starts with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Cost-effective and compatible with other treatments, Heads Up triggers the plant's natural defense system, creating an immune-like response to help your soybeans fight off invading disease pathogens. Ask your local seed dealer or co-op for Heads Up today. For more information, visit HeadsUpST.com. Again, for more information on Heads Up Seed Treatment, visit HeadsUpST.com. I had no idea he was going to design the ring. But little did I know he spent the whole entire summer designing it and working with the Chalmers staff to make it absolutely perfect. She still stares at it every day. Whenever we're somewhere with good lighting, she goes, ooh, this is great ring lighting, whenever it sparkles the most. <laughs> whenever we're somewhere, it's usually out in the sunlight, of course. I say, oh, this is the perfect color. This is the perfect sunlight. I need to take a picture of it. Well... We were at the grocery store, and we were in the dairy aisle. And we go past, like, the yogurt and the cheese, and she said, wow, this is great ring lighting, and starts taking pictures, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yes, it makes my ring look really sparkly. So. <laughs> Thanks to Sean Lewis Jewelers, of course. Engagement rings, wedding bands, custom-made at Chalmers Jewelers, all one of a kind. When you want to show just how you feel, Chalmers Jewelers in Milton and Madison. The young men and women who become United States Marines come from our hometowns to become a part of something greater than themselves. This commitment represents the highest level of steadfast allegiance to the betterment of our communities, our country, and our Marine Corps. The journey will be one of the most challenging, but also one of the most rewarding. The few, the proud, the Marines. 
two words, Farm Babe. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. All righty, here we go. 520 now on a frigid Friday for sure. Time to talk weather. Stu Muckag, meteorologist, along with us. Honestly, some of these numbers are, I, I know, compared to our history, maybe not all that impressive. But, man, you're waking up in Green Bay this morning, 9 below, and that's not even factoring in the wind chill. We're 8 below in Madison. Like I said, that doesn't factor in the wind. No, and it's just a very, very chilly morning. Hey, that's why we all share the wind chill advisory this morning, and that's in effect till 10 a.m. High pressure has slid on in, and that's why skies are clear, and it's gotten so very cold. Hey, it's a great time to snuggle with your sweetie on this Valentine Day. Now, the high pressure system is passing off to our south. We'll enjoy sunshine and a cold day, and it stays fairly breezy today, so it's going to be a bit on the chilly side. A good time to keep bundled up if you're heading out and about or getting those chores done, things like that. Now, low pressure does drop in out of the northwest, and a cool front is going to approach. That's why I expect more clouds developing overnight and even a chance of snow tomorrow, light snow. Anywhere in the state, there could be a few raindrops mixing with it in the late afternoon. Not going to make, you know, a sheet of ice or anything like that. And snow amounts up to an inch might be all we have to deal with. But that chance of precipitation develops, sticks around Saturday or into Saturday night. That cold front passes, and we have west and northwest winds that keep it a little cooler again for Sunday. At least the weekend temperatures will be back at and above normal for this time of the year. That shouldn't seem too bad after today. Next week, well, more more snow chances, that is. Late Sunday night or on toward Monday, a little light snow could build on in. I've seen a map indicating there may be a couple of inches accumulating. I'll have the forecast in just a moment. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compeer.com. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association invites you to join us for our annual conference held at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Held February 21st and 22nd, this is an opportunity for beef producers to network, learn how to improve management on their farm, and receive legislative updates. We are also excited to welcome the UW Extension Beef and Dairy Wellbeing Conference, also held on Friday, February 21st. Visit WisconsinCattlemen.com to become a member and register today. All righty, Stu, go ahead. Give us the details. The good news is things will be changing before we talk again on Monday. Absolutely going to be all kinds of changes. The wind chill advisory this morning in effect until 10. Mostly sunny, but cold today. We do rise above zero, and I'd say low teens for most of us. And winds out of the west, 5 to 10. They become more south here in the afternoon. Wind chill still 10 to 20 below, pretty easy this morning. Overnight, clouds redevelop. Temps drop off early and then rise, in fact, back into the mid-teens by early Saturday morning. I'd expect to see winds out of the south, 10 to 20, even gusting near 30 through the nighttime. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, windy, and some light snow, possibly a few raindrops mixing in mid-afternoon. Little snow most likely, and I'd expect temperatures 
in the mid-30s. Southwest winds 10 to 20, gusting to 30. That cool front passes, mostly sunny, still in the upper 20s or almost 30 on Sunday, but the west winds become north, and then by Sunday night or Monday again, Pam, a little light snow to cover us up once more. All right. Have a good one. Happy Valentine's Day, Stu. You too. Take care. Yep. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist with those weather details. Yeah, it's talk about snuggle weather for sure. Around the state of Wisconsin, everybody is dealing with dangerous wind chills. So keep that in mind when you're going out to do chores this morning or sending the kids to the bus stop. In La Crosse, you're starting off minus 15 with a minus 20-something wind chill. Mauston, you're at minus 18. Fond du Lac, minus 15. Beaver Dam, minus 13. Madison at the airport currently at a minus 8. It's 5. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Join Case IH at Johnson Tractor's open house Friday, February 21st at the Janesville location. Come for pancakes and a sneak peek of the all-new AFS Connect Case IH Magnum. Presentations will be held at 9 and 11 a.m. Mark it down. Make it there. Johnson Tractors Open House Friday, February 21st in Janesville. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. We're loading up the party bus and taking it to Miller Park. Come cheer on Milwaukee when they take on their division rival from Chicago on Saturday, March 28th. We got your game ticket, the bus. Drinks provided by Carbon 4. Food for grilling out while we tailgate. And, of course, all the shenanigans that the Joe and Ebo show can provide. Now, this trip will sell out quick for baseball's opening weekend, so sign up right now at MadCitySportsZone.com. Come hop on the party bus. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Plumbing. 
furnace on the fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. Call Hillstead Heating and Cooling Systems, 231-3888. They'll do whatever it takes. Call Hillstead today. Bryant, whatever it takes. Neon, day glow, flashing lights, special effects. Today's world puts our sense of sight on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. It's a wonder how much you'll see once all the distractions fade away. You may see a lone eagle soaring past massive snow-capped mountains. Or a great horned owl perched stoically on a branch nearby. You may see the furry face of a baby sea otter curiously poking its head out of the dark blue sea. Or ancient rocks shaped by centuries of wind. When you see these things, you're seeing the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. If someone is injured, it's a priority of ours to put them right in contact with an attorney during that initial phone call so we can learn more about what happened, assess their claim, and then give them some guidance on how to move forward. The attorneys at Lawton and Cates. It's who you turn to for legal advice. 282-6200 or LawtonCates.com. When you need an attorney, trust the voice of experience. The only choice, Lawton and Cates. Uh, all right, let, let, let's go some some dig in the journalism aspect of this yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of... A lot of, you know, just kind of veiled tweets and headlines about Blake Martinez maybe coming back. Um, boy, if you would have saw, Robbie, his his reaction in his locker after the loss to the 49ers, I would have basically said uh, Blake Martinez is clearly uh, knows the writings on the wall. But is there like now a movement that he actually could be back with the Packers next year? Joe, I don't think any of us fully know what Brian Gutekunst and his his people are thinking. We'll, we'll get a better indication. We'll Gutekunst will talk to the, you know, talk to the media on what is it, twelve days from now? I think that's February twenty fifth at, at the combine. And and again, I, I don't know how much he'll say, but at least the questions can get, you know, uh, kind of a, a point blank response with with where he sits on on Martinez. I mean. Joe, the big thing, and I and I agree with you. I, I I still am leaning toward the fact they're not going to pay Blake Martinez big money to bring him back. Um, you know, but but we we've got to let this play out. Obviously, Martinez Martinez is going to get paid by somebody, guys. I I don't. He he has a, he, he's probably the most fascinating free agent they've had, guys, in quite a while because he's obviously a tackling machine. Um, he's smart as a whip. He runs the defense. He takes the headset week in and week out. Um, so from from that standpoint, he's, he's like having a coach on the field. But there's a lot of A.J. Hawk in his game, guys. And, and you know from all your years of watching Packer football, A.J. Hawk was you know one of the more, um, I don't know, criticized guys they've had come through. Maybe not for production, but for the fact they, they spent the fifth pick in the draft back on A.J. Hawk. Blake Martinez went probably about where he was supposed to go in round four. Um, you know, he makes a ton of tackles. They're largely downfield. He doesn't make a lot of impact plays. 
So someone's probably going to give them north of $10 million, I think, guys. There's, there are teams out there with just a world of salary cap space. Green Bay is not one of them. Green Bay has some space, but um, at the same point in time, guys, if, if they let him walk, is Burks ready? Probably not. Do they have other options on the roster? Probably not. So they probably have to go a veteran free agent and, and draft another young guy. They've got other holes, obviously, wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, things like that. I, I've been breaking that down at Forbes.com if, if people want to look at my positional stuff there. Um, I mean, Green Bay Green Bay could use 12 draft picks, guys, even off of 13 and 3 season. They, they really could to, to fill some of these holes and, and look ahead to the future, you know, when they have to replace guys like Brian Balaga, for example. So, um, Joey, I just I don't know if they can write the kind of check that Blake Martinez is going to get from somebody else. I don't know if they necessarily want to. Even if they bring him back, Joe, they, they've got to find somebody to play next to him. That, that That's going to be some kind of upgrade instead of these smaller safeties where teams like the 49ers then can run for 285 yards in a playoff game. That's just that's just not working. At some point in time, you've got to stop the run. So they've got to get bigger and, and, and beefier in, in the middle there. And, and I don't know that Martinez necessarily solved that guy. So I, I'm going to still lean toward he won't be back. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a fascinating next month as this, as this all comes to, comes to fruition because I think legal tampering period starts, what, March 16th? Yeah, right. That's there my favorite, legal tampering. legal tampering. Robbie, obviously, <laughs> I mean, losing Blake Martinez, I mean, he's a solid player, led the NFL in tackles, but if they lose him, address it in the draft, I would imagine, but the Packers have always drafted defense with the first round. Don't they need a wide receiver? Don't they need to get Aaron Rodgers some weapons? What do you think they do? No, I mean, you're exactly right, Evo. They, they need a wide receiver. They, they probably need another young tight end. Um, I think one of those two positions, guys, they will sign a veteran. They they can't come back, guys, with, with Devontae Adams is is really the only established proven guy and 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 then try to rely on the core of wide receivers they had last year. Let let's assume Jimmy Graham is gone and, and Mercedes Lewis even probably too. So then you'd have, you know, that, that second class group of receivers from a year ago plus people like Tanyan and Sternberger at tight end league and in rush defense, um, they gave up 200 yards a game rushing in the playoffs uh, when, when really the season was on the line. They couldn't stop Seattle's, you know, Seattle's ground game, and Seattle was, uh, you know, Seattle was down to the third and fourth running back. They they pulled Marshawn Lynch right out of yep. out of a Kentucky Fried Chicken or wherever he was. So, um, I mean, they 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 really need to stop the run in a big way, guys. So they need a defensive lineman. They need a linebacker. And, and obviously they have those needs on the offensive side of the ball. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, 535 now on a Valentine's Day Friday. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us here in the Farm Department. I'm Pam Yonke coming up before 6 o'clock. Caitlin Riley is going to join us. She had a great conversation with a Northeast Iowa farmer that also is a country music artist. He helps to share the message of what production agriculture is all about when he's out on the road. She's got that story for us when we roll towards 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Valentine's Day Friday. So on this date, back in 1876, the telephone was patented. Both Alexander Graham Bell and Elisha Gray applied for a patent on that day, but Bell won and is credited 
with the telephone. Also on this day back in 1960, JFK, John F. Kennedy, was in Fort Atkinson campaigning. He had a truck out there that was blaring Frank Sinatra's high hopes as he swung through southern Wisconsin, stopped for a speech in Fort Atkinson, also was in Whitewater, Elkhorn, and Lake Geneva on this date back in 1960. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that policy continues to move forward down at the state capitol, some of which is designed to benefit Wisconsin farmers as well as our rural communities. Reba McClone joins us this morning with an update on an educational aspect that you might otherwise miss. Morning, Reba. Thank you so much, Pam, and I hope you have a great Valentine's Day and that Buck gives you the biggest box of heart-shaped chocolates that he can find. I recently had the chance to talk with Senator Luther Olson about a bill that he helped to write regarding education grants for those in the agriculture industry. And I'd never heard of this one before, so I started out by asking him, Senator Olson, can you just let me know what's in this bill? Well, you know, years ago... One of the farm groups or somebody said that agriculture is a way of life. It's a way of life, but it's really a business. And if you don't do the business, you're not going to have the way of life. And one of the things, as you mentioned, is people need to understand business and the business of farming. Because if you don't get your business right, you're not going to be successful. And so what we've discovered and thought, how do you learn business? You can learn at the old trial and error, luck and unluck, by the seat of your pants. But that's, School of Hard Nights is pretty expensive. And so if you're going to be successful, you need to formally learn the business of running a business. And so what we felt is we needed to put some money in there to help with grants for farmers saying, we'd like you to go to the technical college, we'd like you to take some classes so that you can understand the business of business of farming. And that's what this bill is about. And uh, it's not going to be the be all end all, but like everything else, I think it's a step in the right direction. And was this inspired by the fact that we've been facing such a difficult farm economy for so many years now? Well, honestly, where it really came from is the suicide task force. Because, you know, people get themselves underwater in any business, but we were dealing with agriculture, and make mistakes. And then, you know, the bills are bigger than the income and the farm payments are due and they don't have anything because they made some financial mistakes that really get them depressed in in, in a bad way, and then bad things happen. And so the goal was to say, let's help people financially learn how to run their operation even better so they don't get themselves in those predicaments. That's a really interesting way that this has come about. So within this, you wrote this with Representative Oldenburg. Have you found you've had a lot of support throughout the state legislature for this? Yeah, I believe that this will pass because... First of all, we're doing all we can for agriculture and farmers, and this is one of those things that are important, that we can help farmers be more successful and reduce the suicide rates, which is vitally important. Nobody's against that. Are you seeing this to be benefiting maybe high school graduates who are just starting college, or is it also going to be benefiting farmers who've been in the industry for a while and are now looking to also learn some of that more business-minded aspects of it? Yes, to both. <laughs> uh, because, we, you know, we're, we're not saying, okay, you 
it's only for these people. It's for everybody because, as we know, education is important. Lifelong learning is important. So even if you if you have a degree in agriculture or from the university or tech schools, there's always things that you need to know, things that are changing and for refreshers. So you can never get enough, I don't believe, education, and this is one of the things that we think is important. That's absolutely true. Well, thank you so much. This was Senator Luther Olson talking about his farm business education funding bill that's hoping to bring more funds to people who are looking to take a few courses regarding the business aspect of farming. Once again, this was Senator Luther Olson, and I'm Reba McClone for the Midwest Farm Report. Ever walk across your cornfield and find a nice surprise? Like that favorite vice grip that fell off the planter last spring. Well, next fall, you might just come upon an even bigger treasure. More corn, thanks to Acuron Herbicide. Acuron gives you 5 to 15 more bushels an acre than any other herbicide when used in a pre-emergence application at full label rates. To discover your 5 to 15 bushels, talk to your Syngenta retailer. Acuron yield advantage range based on 2016 Syngenta and university trials. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compeer.com. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association invites you to join us for our annual conference held at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Held February 21st and 22nd, this is an opportunity for beef producers to network, learn how to improve management on their farm, and receive legislative updates. We are also excited to welcome the UW Extension Beef and Dairy Wellbeing Conference, also held on Friday, February 21st. Visit WisconsinCattlemen.com to become a member and register today. Coming up on 543. Well, markets did not see much improvement in our export numbers this week. Not a real big surprise. And markets are also continuing to keep an eye on the coronavirus situation, not just in China, but around the world. Joel Haggard is the senior vice president for the U.S. Meat Export Federation in their Asia Pacific office. And he said specifically, they're watching buying patterns at grocery stores and restaurants. We're experiencing some supermarket runs, but as of the moment, these runs have tended to be on household cleaning products, large bags of rice, masks, of course. We're not seeing out-of-stock meat shelves. Meat seems to be available, all species. Our staff in China have been making visits to customer stakeholders, including both restaurant and supermarket operators. And while food service is being severely challenged because of the sharp decline in traffic, retail is doing well, including online. That's Joel Haggard with U.S. Meat Export Federation. He said the market's also still well aware of African swine fever and the toll that it's taken on China's hog population. So a couple different items that the meat complex specifically keeping an eye on. In overnight electronic trade this morning, 
Corn market's down about a penny, December 391 and a quarter. Right now, November soybeans are down two at 921 and three quarters. July new crop wheat, penny and a half lower overnight, 543 a bushel. Dairy markets were pretty quiet yesterday in Chicago. Barrel cheese gained two and a half cents to 158 and a half. 40 pound block cheese and the double A butter were both unchanged. The fluid milk contracts overnight marches up a penny at 1713 a hundredweight, but April closed 28 cents lower yesterday at 1714 a hundredweight. Don't forget, next week, another busy week as far as our conferences are concerned. Tuesday and Wednesday, it's the Midwest Ford Symposium happening at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. We'll see you there. And starting today, it's the annual meeting for Farm First Dairy Cooperative. That's going to be going on up in Oshkosh, and we'll see you there as well. Next, Caitlin Riley joins us with an update on how one country music artist is using his farm background to reach consumers from the stage. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Two One One makes a difference in the lives of millions of Americans every year. Do you need help paying the utilities bill, finding housing, buying food, assessing job training, navigating veteran services, or dealing with a crisis? Call 211 today to speak with a specialist. They'll make sure you're put in touch with the right resources. Call 211 today for help available 24 7. 211 is provided by United Way of Dane County and supported by the employees at this station of Midwest Family Madison. Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within, over enemies of fear, enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. Who needs an alarm clock when you've got the farm, babe? Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. In the age where less than 2% of people in the nation have a background in agriculture, the opportunity to share the story of farmers is becoming more important than ever. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Caitlin Riley. Northeast Iowa native Corey Farley finds his voice in music. Today, Farley's making a career for himself in Nashville, touring with big-name artists like Alan Jackson and others with upcoming tours yet to be announced. But he had humble beginnings as a farm boy from Northeast Iowa. Yeah, I grew up on a, uh, a farm just north of Decorah, 
all the way until I, I left for college. It was a beef operation that my parents did, a cow-calf operation. We, we also raised some hay, and my grandpa had a large dairy farm in Wakan, and, and all my family, actually, my aunts, uncles, both sides of my grandparents were all farmers. Growing up in a farming community, that's basically my entire background. What inspired you to start getting into music? Was it singing along while you were doing chores, or when did you kind of figure that out? That's actually kind of a crazy question. I wish I had a really cool story for it, but in all honesty, I I went down to Mexico where the legal drinking age was 18 when I was in college, and I did (laughs) karaoke for the first time after uh, having a few legal drinks in Mexico. Like I said, I wish I had a great story for it, but I don't. It's uh, I got drunk in Mexico, started singing karaoke. So that was the greatest thing in the world. And then I started winning karaoke competitions. I actually took my brother's ID because he was 21 at the time. So I took his ID and used it as my fake ID, and I started going to uh, karaoke competitions around Arizona where I was going to college. I was actually going to a mechanics institute to be a mechanic. And yeah, just got the bug for singing, and then just one thing after another kept happening. I eventually, you know, got the opportunity to, to audition for a band, and I got the job, and now I'm going on the road with Alan Jackson. So I don't know how this all happened, but here I am. It all started <laughs> with the beer, right? Can we see? And so where did you pick up? I mean, do you have other instruments that you work with now? How did you pick all that stuff up? Everything just kind of fell in my lap. I always had a guitar in my room that I I remember I I took from my dad. He never really played it. He had a guitar, and and I took it and kept it in my room, and I never really played it. And then I actually got in a motorcycle accident, and while I was literally couldn't walk for weeks, I uh, learned how to play guitar because I had nothing else to really do. And I'd gotten in my first band and just started slowly kind of picking it up. And now I play uh, guitar and harmonica and a little bit of drums too. Country has always been my main influence because growing up, I would go to my grandpa's house and walk on and he would only let his cows listen to country music while being milked. <laughs> and I have a song, uh, <laughs> uh, You Can Go Farm Yourself. And in the video that we did for it, the radio in the video, that's that's where I re- first remember hearing country music was out of that radio hanging in the dairy barn. That radio is still there today. And so I made sure to put that in the video a lot because that, that was a huge influence for me right there. Obviously, trying to make it in Nashville is not easy, and you're going on tour with Alan Jackson, so you must be doing something right. Do you think having a farming work ethic has helped you? I absolutely do, yeah. I think the whole pull-your-own-weight-never-quit kind of thing really definitely helps out. I'm just super proud to be one of the people down here that's actually from the country that grew up in a, a farming community, or because it's, as most people know, I mean, Nashville is getting to be less and less country, and I'm, I'm still proud to be one of those guys that's still from the country doing this about country folks. You know, that's why most of my music is all about growing up in the country, and, and it seems like anymore it's getting to be less and less that here in Nashville. And do you think it's important to keep sharing that story, you know, whether you are on stage and give a quick little anecdote of growing up and having your grandpa milk cows or things like that? Do you think that that's something that our fans still need to hear? I definitely make it a point to let folks know, you know, where I'm from, especially when I go into songs like Hayloft or Country Living or You Can Go Farm Yourself because, like I said, anymore, it's just less and less folks down here that are from the country are trying to 
interesting about country, but it's like they've never stepped foot on a farm in their life. And don't get me wrong, I think everybody should chase a dream and everything like that, but I'm proud to be one of the few guys that's down here that's really still an advocate for farmers and everything, and that's why I love that song so much going into it, uh, You Can Go Farm Yourself, because I love just having farmers coming up to me every show and just shaking my hands and saying, hey, you know, I'm a farmer from Wisconsin or I'm a farmer from Nebraska or, or wherever, and just saying I really appreciate that song. The whole song came about, it was just one of those crazy things. I was at a grocery store and I was in the meat section getting some, some hamburger and everything like that and I was going to grill out for some buddies that were coming over that night and there was a gentleman next to me and he was just madder in hell about the prices of meat and you know, growing up on a, a beef farm you know, I, I kind of was like well you're not going to get a whole lot of sympathy from me and he must have just caught me on a bad day because I'm usually the nicest guy in the world but he just kept on going off and off about it and I said you know what just go farm it yourself then and all of a sudden a light bulb just went off and I came home and I, and I wrote that song and I just kind of did it as a, a tribute to my family and kind of a, a middle finger to the folks that just don't understand what farmers are still going through to this day every day to make sure they get food on their table and your table. I'm definitely super proud of the song, but what I'm most proud of is when people come up and tell me how proud they are of the song. So that's a really cool feeling to me. Going off of that, you know, like you said, every day, whether you're a farmer or you're a natural trying to make it in music, people are encountered with some tough questions about agriculture. It affects everyone. Everyone eats, everyone drives, everyone wears clothing. So do you ever get asked some of those hard questions from people who maybe don't have a background in agriculture? Do they ever ask you like, well, what about almond milk? Or what do you think about XYZ? Or do they mostly keep it focused on your music and a message of positivity? So far, I haven't come across that yet. I'm sure it's going to happen eventually one day because you always have those those people out there that like just what they love doing. But so far, I honestly have had nothing but super positive feedback about anything to do with my songs or my lyrics or anything like that. And like I said, for the most part, I got farmers coming up to me every night or people that aren't farmers, but, you know, just they have an immense amount of respect for farmers. They grew up in a farming community or anything like that, that come up to me every night when we play. And, you know, they're always just telling me how proud they are of it and everything. I don't get a whole lot of anybody coming up being like, well, I don't think so, you know, things like that. So... Can you tell us a little bit? Is it still a little bit under wraps about your touring with Alan Jackson? Or can you tell us where people can start expecting to see you on this tour? No, it's it's a full-on, it's out there. We do have got some other big tours coming up in 2020 that I haven't been able to announce yet. And they just got finalized. And I'm literally biting my nails to tell everybody about it. But the Alan Jackson, that one's full-on, good to go. We, uh, we start our first show with him in El Paso, Texas on uh, February 21st. And we're going to be coming to uh, Des Moines, Iowa. And also we're going to be up in your state there in Wisconsin. So we're going to be in Milwaukee with him as well. Oh, awesome. And where can people go? Do you have a website where if they want to keep up with you, the music that you're releasing? Uh, how can people connect with you? The best way is, you know, of course, our social medias. We have, you know, Instagram and Facebook. And, and I'm one of those guys, like, I'm very hands-on. If you message me on my Facebook or anything like that or, or Instagram, I'm going to reply to you. I'm the guy that runs my social media and stuff. And that's where we also post our schedules and stuff. When we're in Nashville, we play five nights a week down on Broadway. And then we go on the road in the summertime. So Corey Farley Band on Facebook and Instagram is the best way to reach out to me and see our schedule. Thank you again to Corey for taking time out of his busy tour schedule to chat with us about his story in agriculture. And he will actually be coming back to his home state of Iowa to perform at the West Union Fair alongside Randy Hauser. And that's 